Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello listeners and welcome back to yet again another episode of the Beautiful Game Podcast. As always, I'm your host Budge and I'm joined by my two faithful co-conspirators Dot and Dej. Gents, how are we this evening man? I'm good Budge man, how are you? I'm very well man, I'm all good man, I'm all good. How about you? Yeah, I'm good Budge. We had uh, football again today. Yeah. Obviously my team were on the wrong end of a tight result so that's my winning streak at the end. Yeah, because in the past couple of weeks I think you, you guys have been winning, innit? You, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. We win, man. But Dej, yeah. you're coming under some scrutiny today, man. They're I, saying that you're not fit for purpose when it comes to being a captain. I know, yeah. I was a captain for the first time in a long while Yeah. and like we had some big egos in our dressing room <laughs> and, and I couldn't manage them and people are starting to call me Jose Mourinho so <laughs> <laughs> when you're getting those titles um it's not good reading but yeah you win some you lose some and yeah. you know i'm gonna dust myself down then the next session i'm gonna be back swinging and ready for action yeah, no, man, just, just a quick one for Ajin, man he's becoming a disgusting uh, cheater yeah <laughs> win at all points like the goals that he was claiming today were yeah out of he, order he continues yeah. to raise ugly head over and over again yeah <laughs> Adjun, if you're listening in, <laughs> the, the, the spotlight's being shown on you, man. Cool, man. And um, you know, we've 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 also got a very special guest. It's it's his first time on the pod, so we want to give a very very warm welcome to to Tunj. How's it going, bro? I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be here. Long good, time man. coming. That's Thanks it. For coming on, Thanks for coming on, Tunj. That's it, man. We're happy to have you on the. We're happy to have you on the pod. You guys can't see, but um, I'm just putting it out there. Um, Tunj is actually Divock Origi's uh, personal stylist. So, you know, when he scored his goal, you know, when he scored his goal yesterday, his hairstyle, yeah, that was inspired by Tunj. That was inspired by Tunj, man. He, got, he, he gets all of his inspiration from him, man, in case you guys are wondering. Mad, man. <laughs> cool. So, um, let's, let's kick things off with um, uh, a discussion around the top four. It's, it's, it's funny because... It feels like, obviously, in, in, in previous weeks, we've been speaking about um, how easily the, the landscape of the top four can change uh, with, with any given result. But it, it somewhat feels now that we, we're, we've come to a point where the top four seemed pretty much done and dusted after this week's round of fixtures. Um, and, and it's very interesting, especially um, today being Sunday, um, you know... The, the, with with the results that happened and, and the games that pl- that were played today, 
we, we kind of now have a clear picture of what the top four will be, even though, you know, um, we can still say to a certain extent, mathematically, certain things can happen and certain things can change. Uh, whilst it still mathematically is possible, I think it is very unlikely that things are going to change. And so mm. the top four that we have mm. currently is, is, is likely to be the top four that we see come um, uh, the end of come the end of the season. Mm. So um, I think there being a few interesting results, um, we we can literally take a pick at, at, at whichever yeah. one we want to start off with because you know where I'm starting. No, so Dot's looking at me, and, and he, I, I, I can tell exactly where he wants to start off. So let's let's open the discussion with. Um, the result today between Huddersfield and United. So obviously Huddersfield uh, uh, being the the home team and and managing to to get a a, a one a one all draw against United, which is it's a bit of a weird one because obviously mm. their 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 fate is sealed. They've got nothing to play for now. Mm. So really and truthfully, especially being like the the, the Premier League's whooping boys throughout the season, mm. um, it seems that like everyone's everyone's beating them. So. For them to manage to take a point off United, especially with United chasing that top four position, mm. um, it, it just seems a bit like a, a, a bit of a weird one, man. So I just wanted to get your, your thoughts on it. Boy, what, what do they sing? Ollie's at the wheel. They need to change it to Ollie's crashed at the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I said it for a few weeks that mm. when they appointed Ollie, I thought that was the wrong decision. Mm. And I said, for me, the Man United board, they had to go all out for Rizzo Pochettino. And now people are starting to back me and say, you know what? Well done. You were right. And I feel vindicated because I've been calling it for two months now that that was the wrong decision. Mm. I mean, when I look at Man United, I continue to see rancid performances week after week after week. Mm. And again, in the post-match press conference, Oli came out and it was like, we're Manchester United. This is not good enough. And I keep saying it from a manager. I want to see a tactical analysis. I want to see why you lost the game. I want to see what you're going to do to improve in the next game. And I'm yet to see that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't watch the game, but I caught highlights. Man United, you see some of their players. Some of those players are not fit to wear the shirt. Mm. Alexis Sanchez, he shouldn't play again for Man United. Anthony Martial, he, he, he didn't. Will. Yeah, Anthony Martial, he wasn't there today. But again, he's another player that's future has to come under question. Mm. There's too many players at this club that are bang average. Mm. And the problem is, I remember when I was a Liverpool fan five, six years ago, we had the same problem. We'll get excited when we have one or two good performances, mm. start saying this player is good enough, that player is good. Mm. The players at Man United are not good enough. It's as simple as that. Do you know, do you know what? I want to throw a curveball in here. So, we, I think it was even last week, mm. we were talking about the mentality dynamic. Mm-hmm. right? And I think you were also mentioning how important it is for that mentality to be coached by the, the, the manager, the manager mm. right? Fair play. So we have, and let's take, let's, let's take the examples that you used just now, right? Two players in, Anthony Marshall and Alexis Sanchez. Mm. I think we can all agree that ability-wise and talent-wise, the these is, guys are good enough, Bush, right? Randomly, I picked out two, but really, yeah. truly, I can put six, seven, eight players. Mm. Okay, but so fair mm. play. So are, are we saying then, across the board, all of the players at United aren't good enough for them to play for I that think, club. Because I, I feel like they still have talent. Mm, they I, have talented players there. The issue is just the mentality is, is and the mean? application of their abilities. But First so, of all, as a manager, how do you implement that mentality into these players? Because mm. how I look at it is that I look at Oli. Is he the man to catch up to a Pep Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp? 
we you have to call it as bluntly as possible. People you, are saying that that's really, not. You can't really say that. When you're coming to manage, when you're coming to manage, when you're coming to manage United, you're coming to basically challenge the top you're not coming to secure top four or get back into the championship you're coming to win league titles man united have dominated the premier league and as it stands they're i'd say two or three years behind if they waste more time with ollie it's just going to put them even further back and before you know it they'll be in the same position as liverpool where you haven't won a title in 29 years how many years haven't they won a title at the moment it's looking six years it's like six seven years before you know and with ollie it. sorry they're not getting a title that's going to waste another year or two they're going to sack that manager a new manager's going to come in again <laughs> and he's going to be on another three-year plan again mm. so before you know it that's 10 years without I, winning a title i think it's a bit too early to call Ollie into question. Ollie think, will be I out think... of a job by <laughs> <laughs> next season. Ollie won't be there at the end of next to season. To be fair, I think he needs a few transfer windows. I mean, this is a dressing room that chucked it in for Jose Mourinho and it looks like they're chucking it in again. I said they, they started, they started, they started the season long. off poorly under Mourinho. That went on for like two, three, four months. Ollie came in, you get the usual bounce effect mm. and now they've gone back to their old habits and... As I said, I don't think you can blame Oli. I feel sorry for him. The Man United fans, they're sticking by him. He's having to apologise after mm. games for the tepid performances. And you just had to listen to Gary Neville on commentary today. This is a team that he can't identify with. A lot of Man United fans can't identify with. But I think in the long term, this is helping Oli because mm. there's some players there that he can just put a big cross by the name and say, no, nope, I'm not having you next season. Yeah. You're out of the door. And players like Paul Pogba, I'm sure Oli wanted to keep him. But he's probably thinking, you know what? You're not worth the hassle. I'd rather sign an honest player. He might not have half as much ability as you, but he's going to fight for the shirt. And that's what we want. So it's, it's, long it's, term, I think this is helping Oli. But is that what Man United have come to? Like, we just fight for the shirt. We don't care about quality. It's about fighting for the shirt. Yeah, but, but hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard that's always going to be the case of course but let's go back to the game I mean I called it a few weeks ago that if Man United don't beat Huddersfield I feel that's a sackable offence because they've been giving victories to opponents like confetti yeah, they, they've just yeah, been. Yeah, they, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's true. They can't buy wins for love nor money, and mm. that is a result that stands out and is shocking. You can't legislate for it. Huddersfield, they're the proverbial whipping boys yeah, of the Premier yeah. League, so they hand out wins. So for Man United not to beat them, that is it's alarming. The dipping mm. form that United have had is mm. it's horrendous. Mm. It shouldn't be as bad as it mm. currently is. I mean, as I said, it's sods law. Oli came in, bounce effect, winning games, give him the job, give him the job. You give him the job, you can't Don't buy a win. Wrong. Don't get me wrong, to an extent, mm. I do blame the players because yeah. at the end of the so day, when Oli came... what can Oli do? My... Let, well, let's be honest, Tunj. Mm. You go through half of that team and they're bang average. Mm. I mean, Luke Shaw, I'm not convinced. People are saying he's one of the top left-backs in the country. I see him making mistakes week in, week out. Lindelof. These are the guys that they're trying to champion now and saying he's the most improved centre-back in the Premier League. Mm. He's not good enough. Mm. And this is what I'm trying to say. We're sprinkling glitter on poo. (laughs) 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 And we're judging Man United by the standards of Vidic, Ferdinand. Those are the players that, you know, we held in such high regard and they had solid defences. Those were the people that you have to judge the current crop of players against. And Mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned, they're nowhere near. And... Man United, they need to be careful. They need to get... This next two transfer windows are crucial for the mm. next five to ten years for Manchester United. Because if they don't get it right, 
Liverpool and City are just going to continue to march ahead of them. Yeah. And instead of talking about potential champions, we're going to be talking about them, you know, scrapping for a top four finish, which ultimately this season they can't achieve. Because, you know, when I think about it, 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 it's not exactly a lack of investment. They have the resources mm-hmm. and they have invested. Mm-hmm. It's just that the, 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 the way that they've managed their resources hasn't been great. Of course. But then I think to mm-hmm. myself, so, so, someone like um, uh, uh, Jose Mourinho, right? Mm-hmm. He's, is he a top manager? Yeah. My first question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, a top manager. he's a top manager, but he's. It's a shade past his best. Yes, yeah. But he's, he's a, a man he's of yesterday. Yeah, but the thing is about Mourinho, he's a guy that can go into a team, whip them into shape for one or two years, and he couldn't do that with that man United. He definitely team. give. No, he did. He won trophies. Yeah, but let's be honest, it wasn't. So if, if Mourinho that wasn't couldn't do it, who tro- is a serial winner mm. and has won things wherever he's gone. I told you, Man United need the inner. And that's my point. Oli is a head boy. He's a PE teacher. He's an interim teacher. No, <laughs> no I, think, I think it's too early to call. As I said, I believe Oli needs recruitment. Everyone wants to whip a man while he's down. We're living in a microwave generation. I want things now, now, now. If I don't get it, on to the next one. Give a man time. So, Dej, let's, let's say you were a Man United fan. Would you have full faith in Oli to turn it round and get the players he wants to get and implement I'll a give him a chance, of certainly. Of full-throttle football that the Man United yeah. faithful demand. I'll give him a chance for sure. I mean, as I said, Man United, they've had experienced managers. The one quota that they haven't ticked is a Manchester United legend. And Oli's a legend, and I believe that he can get it right if Dej, the recruitment honestly, do you gets believe right. what you're saying? Of course I believe what <laughs> Of course. He needs to be given the opportunity to get himself into shape and get this Man United team into shape. And as I've said, what Man United are doing, disgracing themselves, <laughs> is helping Oli. Because some players, you might think, hmm... 50-50 or put then, a big black mark do you United have name. that structure and, though okay, so and, and he already in. said he already said that there's some players it's very likely that you've seen them for the last time in the Manchester United <laughs> shirt today and I'm sure he's talking about Alexis Sanchez I don't think he'll turn up in a Man United shirt again I think he's going to be off to maybe China or Italy yeah, Paul yeah. Pogba as well his brother's recently come out Florentine and said there's going to be big news regarding Pogba's future in the summer so I think he's going to go as well because he's certainly not going to stick around for Europa League football so these are going to be big changes that are going to be implemented by Man United and they need to get this right or they're set for a in the doldrums fair play I fair think play. just just to quickly end up on that despite all the changes you know that are going to be made next season I do believe that Oli isn't the man for the job <laughs> to take United forward mm. in my opinion Oli looks like he's just guessing if, if, <laughs> I'm being honest if, if he wins it's yeah. like oh right did I just do that yeah. <laughs> literally yeah. right, was that me did I just did I just win 3 new away yeah. and then if he loses it's like yeah I'm shit I know I'm shit like, it's like I honestly don't think Oli knows what he's actually doing like and yeah, you know, we'll give him a chance, but at the end of the day, right now, he's looking like a sitting duck and we don't know <laughs> if he's going to be there. Well, in my opinion, I don't think he's going to be there by the time next season is yeah, out. T- time but will definitely it, tell. Uh, the, the thing is, when you, when you appoint a manager, it's a box-ticking process. Philosophy, yes. Does it encompass the club's culture? Yes. yes. Has he got the playing style? Yes. When I look at Oli, I, don't, I see him as a coach. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. And mm. I remember a few weeks ago, I came on this platform and I said what that... What do you I mean s- a coach? He's a coach. He's for the players. Yeah, nice arm around the shoulder. But when it comes to drilling tactics and implementing a system, he's mm. going to be found wanting. He's basically saying what, he's a man manager, basically. Yeah, he's a man right. manager. Yeah, but that's the current... That's fair, I think that's the current... No, no, that's fine. But mm. tactics play a big, big part. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm. When it comes up, 
to playing, you know, the top managers again, Pep, Klopp, even Pochettino to an extent, like you'll be found wanting. Yeah, but I swear you said the other week that that's what Mick Phelan's doing. It, so. it is, but again, Mick Phelan is coming under the spotlight as well, and that's why I was just about to say before I was interrupted. Mick Phelan, you're meant to be taking responsibility. You know, Man United inside out. You know the tactics. To, to solve the to find a solution and mm. these guys they're failing at the moment and long term I don't see Oli as the right man for Man United. To, to be honest, I think you have got the balance wrong. You're swinging it too much in favor of Oli. There's Oli and there's the players. Right now, I'm leaning more in terms of the players. Yes, Oli. There's certain things that he could probably do better, but as I said, I believe it's the players that are letting down Manchester United Football Club. And mm. there's a good seven, eight of them that probably need to leave. And that should be under the spotlight. But what? as I said, this is a crucial next, you know, 12 to 18 months for Manchester United because this is arguably the biggest club in the world. Mm. And, you know, the way they're going, <laughs> there's not going to be any glory as anytime soon. So. But Des, did you end up um, booking the wedding home? <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, so let's, 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 let's move on. Um, Huddersfield and United wasn't the only 1-1 one, one, uh, draw today. Um, we we also saw a, 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 a one one draw over at the Emirates. Um, Arsenal drawing at home to uh, to Brighton. Um, I don't really know where to start with this one. If I'm being completely honest with you, um, I know where to start. It, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I, know I know where to start. You, I know you do. I know you do. But I mean, I I think I mentioned in uh, last week's episode. The fact that Arsenal, of all of the teams that were fighting for a top four finish, seemed to have the most, uh, opp- like most opportunities to take advantage of them, or, or, of you know, of, of previous results and whatever, and, and finish in the top four. Um, and and there's been so many occasions where, you know, uh, a team has has drawn, like Chelsea have drawn, or um, uh, Spurs have drawn or lost, and it's over to Arsenal just to do their job. And they've come up short, and and today was yet again another one of those scenarios. So after um, you know uh, uh, Spurs lost yesterday, it was just over to Arsenal, and we just needed to make sure we secured the win at home to Brighton. Which on paper you'd see and you'd think, yeah, to be honest, especially now they have nothing to play for after um, uh, uh, Cardiff uh, were were uh, relegated officially um, yesterday. It should have been. A, a bit of a stroll in the park for Arsenal. Of course, of course. It um, but, but unfortunately, we, 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 we couldn't take our chances and we couldn't um, uh, uh, secure the three points. Um, so, you know, it, it does seem as though the, the, the chances for top four are pretty much done and dusted. Uh, you know, we, we can't uh, catch catch Chelsea. And They're going to need a massive goal swing. To and I think that's what it is because the current goal difference is, I think, eight yes, or so. Yes, yes, yes. So... Yeah, I mean, you're, you're asking for a miracle. Insurmountable, um, really. Yeah, to, exactly that, mm. man. So I just wanted to get your, your thoughts on... Let, let, let's on, be honest, Butch. Emery, he's, he's bottled it. He's, he's bottled this one. <laughs> Arsenal were sitting comfortably in third. How they are in fifth now, mm. it's, it's questions need to be asked. Yeah. Yeah. Arsenal should 100% be in that top four, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. And at the end of the day, they've lost ground at a crucial, crucial moment in the season. And mm. how this top four tilt is not going to the final game of the season is actually embarrassing. It's very yeah. underwhelming. <laughs> it's very think, underwhelming. Yeah. Because we've, we, you know, we've hyped up the run-in, you know, all these teams coming in for the top four, but at the end of the day, it's not even going to the final game. It's already yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. And no one expected that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, 
I think serious questions need to be asked of the Arsenal mentality. Um, you know, we thought Emery's job was to make Arsenal tougher. Mm. And at the end of the day, this is the this is the crunch time, man. Yeah, they haven't yeah. they haven't they haven't lived yeah. up to it at the end of the day. So I mean what is it? There's it's no winning four, three defeats, one draw. And that's yeah. the reason why you're not making top four. But what I would say about Una Emery, I think it's overcomplicating things. Mm-hmm. Why did he make three changes today when you were on top of the game? Mm. Bringing on a Wobi. We know a Wobi doesn't have killer instinct in the final third. So why are you bringing him on? Mm. It's not going to offer anything. I think with Emre, the only saving grace he has is that he needs a summer to weed out the dead wood in that club. Mm. And when I say dead wood, I mean Mustafi. Shaka. Mm. Shaka. Mm. El Nenny. I mean, several more players. And they said it on air. Mm-hmm. last week that this Arsenal team they're brittle and one thing I saw at the end of the game was Aaron Ramsey collecting his you know last award Peter Cech and yeah. Danny Welbeck yeah, yeah. and Dez said today there should be a few more added to that list the camera panned on him and I was thinking you, you're meant to be saying your goodbyes and yeah. doing your let's fairy not, tale lap let's not forget Mkhitaryan he should be <laughs> they should be collecting those ornaments that were handed out because Arsenal today they took the lead you thought it was going to be a convincing Arsenal win Aubameyang scored then obviously they should have had you know a few more goals they had chances then Granite Shaka, as he normally does, he self-imploded <laughs> and he pushed Solly March in the back. Yeah. That was shocking from Shaka. Yeah. I don't know what. Well, where's thinking. your tactical? Yeah. Then Glenn Murray, you know, slotted in a pen- penalty. Leno was, you know, stranded. Two hundred goals. Well, yeah, so you big up Glenn Murray. Glenn Murray yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, those chances, you know, both sides. Um, Abamyang uh, should have scored. He had yeah. a big chance. Yeah. yeah. Then after that, uh, Brighton could have won the game, if not for Doné with some, you know, a few slack passes. Brighton would have got the three points. And again, Unai Emery. I remember there was one crucial week. You played Watford, you beat Watford. Then you played Napoli, you beat them. Mm. Since then, it's gone a bit tits up. Yeah. That's when I thought Arsenal, you know what? They're coming into their own crunch time of the season. Mm. They're going to consolidate this top four. Mm. Since then, you lost to Wolves. You lost to Palace. It's you not even Brighton. Leicester. I wouldn't would even say, I looked at it and I was thinking, okay, four games left, two home wins. Win your, eat your meat, meats and potato. Like, mm. get the home wins. And they failed to do that in mm. both of them. Yeah. Let's be honest. They should be dispatching Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Brighton, mm. they have been in shocking, abject form. Dismal. And for yeah. them Arsenal to get a draw today, it's pretty embarrassing. Have, yeah, they actually have the best home form, I think, after Man City and Liverpool. Mm. So mm. you would expect mm. them to, 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 to get mm. six points out of those two games. Mm. And they've come up with one. Yeah. Lost the panic yeah, right yeah, yeah. yeah. there. That's a, shocking. Yeah. That's five points. That's five yeah. points right there. You, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there was I a think, startling stat that I think this Unai Emery side is a few points off Arsene Wenger's. Yes, from, from what I believe, they're four better. points better off, as I said in the group chat today. Mm. Emery's so, Arsenal are four points better, better off than Wenger's worst oh. season. Let's not, wow. let's worst not, season. Yeah, let's not forget that. Yeah, that, that and started. I think. The gap between, you know, the top two and the rest of the team, I think that's a damning indictment to English football. Mm. And the way it's going, is it's it's just going to start, you know, culminating. We also need to give Emery some time, though. Mm. We do need to give Emery some time to get a summer and bring these players in. And Mm. he needs to implement his style more on the team. Okay, but Tunj, what is his style? That's the problem. That's pragmatic. Yeah, no, no, and that's that's, exactly, and that's where I think Emery's kind of stuck because his style is to be robust, have a robust team Mm. that is strong and basically physical and that can keep things tight Mm. and disciplined as well. And 
the last two home games, where's that discipline gone? <laughs> They've gained one point, which yeah, is of course, ultimately of course. cost them top four. Of course, but let's... To be fair to a team like Crystal Palace, they've scored three goals at the Emirates, three goals at the Etihad, three goals at the Anfield. So they have firepower when it comes mm-hmm. to your home ground. So to be honest, I ain't got much to say about that game, but I think today was a damning indictment to this Arsenal team. Mm-hmm. And they looked like they were panicking, rushing, and they ran out of ideas. Yeah, mm-hmm. to be fair now, it's Europa League or bust. Yeah. I mean, if they don't win that Europa League, it's been a... It's been a... It's been a season that promised so much when they went on that, what, 20-something unbeaten yeah, run. Yeah. I remember Emre came out and said, now we're chasing Liverpool. Yeah, we now can- we're, we're close. <laughs> yeah, we're close to Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, since, uh, since yeah. he said that... Literally. Yeah, yeah. Emre, they, they, they played Liverpool at home. It was, you know... Emre came out after and said, um, we're not far behind Liverpool. And yeah. the gap between... That you know, age too well. The gap between the top two and the rest is embarrassing. If that was in Scotland will be laughing and say oh what type of league is this <laughs> when we see in the French league we say the same thing Spain and but now, we we're, seeing, start... now we're seeing in England yeah. they say oh this top two they're just the best ever but really and truly yeah. questions need to be asked into this league yeah. because it's embarrassing from the rest of the clubs definitely Do you know what this is exactly what I was thinking about um, earlier today when I was thinking about the top four and, and the whole fact that it, it's gone so far um, in, into the season before we can see who's definitely going to make the top four mm-hmm. is it like something that's really really amazing and like interesting and of course it, it keeps it keeps you on the edge of your seat mm. but in the same breath it's like really like should it should it be like this should it be so i think i think the reason why it's back like and this, forth and i just i just think the, the other teams just don't have the quality yeah. Yeah. i think when again when you're playing europa league football on a thursday then you come again on a on a sunday it's a tough arc and there is yeah. a hangover yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. you're having to travel to all different corners of the earth man azerbaijan kazakhstan you have to travel we don't. <laughs> so uh, before we before we wrap up this topic and we move on to the next to the next um uh, result today i just wanted to ask so one thing that was mentioned is that you know, Arsenal need to clear out the Deadwood. Now, this is actually something that has been mentioned and spoken about for, like, years upon years. Like, the same... It's always the same, same um, topic and the same thing uh, that, that we're, we're discussing. Arsenal need to clear out the Deadwood. They need to get in better players. Do you guys feel that Emery is the right manager to do so? And how realistic do you think it is that Arsenal can do that this uh, transfer window em- getting rid of those those, those Emery's the right man to get Arsenal back into the top four but I don't think he's the right man to get Arsenal challenging for the title yes mm. I'll do, that's, I'll that's, do. That's, that's, that's an honest verdict um, mm. from my view Emery it's going to be tough because when you look at Arsenal you look at Henri you look at their prime basically so anyone who's coming to take the Arsenal job you're not coming to get top four you're yeah, coming to yeah, put yeah. Arsenal yeah. back at the pinnacle of English football getting into Champions League quarterfinals Mm. getting into Champions League semi-finals that's what you want from an Arsenal manager Mm. is Emery that man? no I don't believe he is but he can 100% get them in the top four but Arsenal fans don't want top four Arsenal fans want a challenge for the title and is Emery the man to do that? I don't think he is and the thing about it when you say is Emery the right man to clear the dead wood is he the decision maker because as far as I know the power has been stripped away from him and really? Arsenal have like a technical team, so I, I don't was, think I don't think he decides the transfers. I swear he was one of the figureheads of getting rid of um, Sven Mislintat. Was he? Yeah, he was mm. one of the guys that 
um, yeah, they were saying that they want to back Emery, and that's why the Denis Suarez deal actually went through. I mean, but we what saw I how, how that, that worked mm, out, and that's a damning indictment yeah. on the transfer dealings and the committee of how Arsenal's run as well. Denis Suarez, and also the Aaron Ramsey situation. Mm. How you can allow Aaron Ramsey to, um, to you know, leave on a free in his mm. in his prime? It, it's it's mm. systemic of the bad decisions that mm. go on at Arsenal. I just, I just I just want to say two things before we finish off on this topic. Firstly, mm-hmm. I would love to um, garner the feedback from, from others, especially Arsenal fans, and yes. say, if you had to sack Emery right now and retake Wenger, I would love to see what they would say. Because yeah. I think right now it's 50-50. That's I think mm-hmm. that, might, that might require a poll, that, you know? yeah. yeah. And lastly, I think we should just give some adulation and some accolades to Aaron Ramsey. He's been mm-hmm. a um, terrific yeah. servant for 100%. Arsenal. He yeah. suffered that nasty, nasty leg break. Yeah. For him to recover and lead them to FA Cup glory, ending the trophy drought, I think he deserves a special mention and he's an Arsenal legend. So well done to him. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> 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 Hats off to you, Aaron Ramsey. Um, now, um, obviously Chelsea um, were playing Watford at home today and managed mm-hmm. to get a, a 3-0 win. It's, it's funny because I feel like we've all got egg on our face and, and Sari's somewhere smoking his cigarettes and laughing at us because <laughs> after all of the after all we said earlier on in the season about this uh, Sari ball being punctured and, and you know <laughs> and the stress and the pressure that he's been under he found a new he's, he's, he's actually <laughs> managed to turn things around and to be honest Looking back at his season, he he could say he's done fairly well. But, but, you know, you know what's crazy? Third, be, you know, I, I I imagine that they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna make it through to the the Europa League final. But, but if they were to win that, it's like it's not been a bad season yeah. for them. It, it's crazy because has he really turned it around? Or has the opposition around him been so poor? Yes, yeah, that he's turned it around. Yeah. You get what I'm trying yeah. to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, That's he's probably true. waking up in the morning thinking, "Oh my, how am I still in the job? Yeah, I can't." Definitely, <laughs> can't he must it. like at the end of the season, he'll go to um, Abramovich and say, "Look." I'm the best of the rest. <laughs> We've got Liverpool and City. Their streets ahead, 97, 98 points, and I managed to deliver. You can, you yeah, can say that you know, tangibly. Yeah, yeah, like, that's and, a fact. And what's so funny is that so embarrassing. Yeah. Well, you have to be shameless yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, Definitely. <laughs> so he must be wondering because there was a stage at Chelsea. It was like Groundhog Day. Everyone said, "When is he gonna get sacked?" He's lost the dressing room around that Carlin Cup or Harry Bell Cup mm. um, competition time when Kepa disobeyed orders people are saying how long is it oh, and and that. another thought you raised the interesting question mm. i'd like to ask chelsea fans do you still want sarri at the helm for next season because i think there'll be a large contingent that still don't want him at the club one thing one thing i'll give sarri is i think he's a tough character like it's, it's he's stubborn yeah he's, he's stubborn. very, he's very I, stubborn mm. but that can be his downfall at the same oh, yeah. time 100 but don't you think that's what makes a great manager Tunch? That stubbornness, you need to believe. Yeah, you in got your you, 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 you absolutely have to. Like for example, everyone's calling for Conte to go back into his favorite position. Sari has not budged at all. Mm. So I think Sari, he, he knows how he wants his team to function. He knows how he wants his team to play. Mm. It's just whether the players are gonna really get in behind. Yeah, yeah mm. basically with his principles. So, and and the irony with that is that out of those three managers he's the one that I have the most faith in 
when you look at Emre, you look at Oli, and you look at Sari. I know he hasn't won anything, and Emre has won some mm. prestigious accolades. Sari is the one that I feel that can turn it around and mm. can build. That's because a, a Sari has team. an identity. He has an identity. Wants to play. Whether you he like it or not, it's another question or another debate. Totally. But when I look at Sari, he has his identity. He might not have the players to implement that identity, mm. but I think if you give him one or two years, he will get a team similar to that Napoli team. And also. <laughs> If they finish third, as it looks like they will, and he wins the Europa League, what a season. Mm. You can say he's had probably one of the best seasons of a Chelsea manager, Mm -hmm. especially under the adversity that he's had to face this season. You know, getting spanked by City, you know, the press, the fans booing him at times, saying we want you sacked, Mm. this and that. So for him to turn that around, that would be a big achievement. If Sarri can get all of the players on board I do think he can do some serious damage at Chelsea but mm. obviously there's probably going to be a couple of deadwoods that he needs to get rid of and there's still a couple characters in the changing room that you know may not yeah. have his best interest at yes. heart uh, t- Tim t- Cahill t- t- yeah you yeah. see um, Gary Cahill yeah, yeah oh, sure, I said Tim Gary yeah <laughs> Gary Cahill yeah his comments have been really interesting saying that mm. it's very hard for him to respect, respect Sarri yeah. the way he's been treated and he would like to eradicate those sort of things can have implications on the dressing room yeah, as well but so. he's leaving I said it today Jim yeah. Off, yeah, I was like it's really tricky that one because Gary Kay was the club captain um when you look at it, but the other side of it is that he's really, really shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is this, this one's a tough one to weigh up. So yeah. He's the leader in the camp, but he's not a very good player. So, yeah. is are the players going to back Cahill? We've got to give Cahill some accolades, though, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. when he came through, he, he did do a stern job at the back. You know, he did. Really we got to give him like a backup dancer, man. <laughs> when, <laughs> he, <laughs> when he first well, came You're looking at Cahill now, though. Cahill, when he was in his prime, I believe he mm-hmm. was a mm-hmm. solid, reliable mm-hmm. defender. And that's he's what Chelsea needed at the time. When he first came in, I think he came in, was it a January transfer window? I think the uh, June or the May after he won the Champions League, mm. if I'm not correct. So he's had a lot of success. And I believe as a manager, it's your duty to treat all, all players with care and respect. Mm. And from what I gather from you know Gary Cahill's comments, um, Sarri hasn't really explained to him why he's not out mm. of the team. Mm. So I think it's your job as a communicator. Let your players know. Don't leave them in the lurch. Tell them their situation. Mm. And it seems that Sarri hasn't done that. And these things can have wider implications because uh, Cahill's going to have a lot of friends in the dressing room and they'll be seeing that and thinking, oh, I don't like that. I don't like the way he's been treated. He mm. deserves better than that. Look how much he's done for the club. Mm-hmm. So Sarri as a manager, you need to you know, have the people skills to yeah. keep people on side. If you're not a fan of him, fair enough, that's fine. But let someone know. And from what I've read from the quotes, Sarri's got it wrong. So that, that, that's my opinion. Fair play. You, you know, when, when I think about that, um, Dej, I'm, I think to myself, okay, so he's, he, his issue is the fact that he hasn't played very much this season and he the, the manager hasn't explained to him why. Mm. But on, on, on one hand, I, I get it. The, on, the, on the other, though, I'm thinking, so does, does a manager have to... Have, I think, does he have to explain it? Yes, yes. yes. When, when is the club go, captain, the leader of the team, you have to explain yes. to that player why he's not in your plans. So because he's the it, guy that it, controls but, the whole the whole dressing room. Yeah. Okay. Fair fair point. Right. Again, I'm I, I, I'm just playing devil's advocate as I usually like to do. Right. So, you you, you we're we're talking about um Sarri's philosophy and the style of football that he likes to play. Right. 
you can see quite clearly he wants to go with the um, the Rudiger and, and Louise partnership because they're more technical players. They can pass and they're comfortable with the ball at feet. Gary Cahill, not so much. So isn't that <laughs> self-explanatory? I think something that he has to explain. I think that's yeah. a bit the, perfect, the perfect scenario I'll use for this is Chris Smalling with England. Mm. Gareth Southgate has come out and said, <laughs> I'm not picking you, Chris Smalling, because you can't play out from the back. Mm-hmm. And something similar would have been good for Sarri to say to Gary Cahill. Mm. As a senior say, figurehead, you need to be speaking definitely, to Gary yeah, Cahill. Definitely, you need definitely. to be telling him because... As Dot said, he controls the dressing room. Mm-hmm. He's got his allegiances and things like that are delicate. And, you know, yeah. if it goes against you, they can go against you properly. But obviously, Sarri's got the luck this season because by default, he's ended in the top four. So it's mm-hmm. worked out well. We know that Sarri is a controversial manager. So mm. yeah. he probably doesn't see any problem with these sorts of situations. But if he wants to survive at Chelsea, he's mm-hmm. going to have to adapt to these yeah, sorts of situations. Yeah, but I think surviving at Chelsea is getting results. And at the moment, his remit was to get top four, and he's done that. His remit was to win the Europa League, and he's on course to doing that. Yeah. Well done, Maurizio. Not if Emery has something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, man. Fingers crossed. Um, and, and before we just wrap up uh, on Chelsea, just one other uh, uh, interesting point is, um, it seems that um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek has been brought in from the cold. I think you know he's obviously had loan stints um, away, from, away from Chelsea. Um I guess one of the highlights of of, of Sarri's season seems to be um, integrating him in and uh, into the team, and he's he's been you know delivering you in, in recent weeks. He obviously got on the he opened the scoring today um, in you know in in in, in games in in, in Europe and, Butch, and, and, why, and why is it a highlight? Well, we're just, we're just talking about like the the, the good points of, of of Sarri's season, right? So he he's he's been the manager that has been able to integrate. Mm. Ruben off the streak into that team, so surely that has to go down as one of um, his highlights of the season, no? But, but would you consider Ruben Loftus cheek uh, a starter for Chelsea? He's been drip fed in and out of action. How old is mm. he now? 23, 20, 24. 20, 20, Shouldn't yeah. at that age, most players are you know playing almost every, every week. game yeah. every week, mm. and he seems to still be treated as a young player. Different players develop differently, oh, though. Of, of course, course I, I agree think, with that. I think with him, he's one of those players that have. An overinflated reputation for not playing. <laughs> as strange as it sounds, yeah. like his reputation is bigger than what it should be because he doesn't play. Because mm-hmm. I watched him at Crystal Palace last season and he didn't pull up any trees, to be honest. He was playing week in, week out, and he wasn't amazing. I think he ended up with two Premier League goals and they played him in that number 10 position mm-hmm. and he was tasked to get into the box and score goals. But and he didn't he really do that. Nasty back injuries at um, Crystal Palace. I think he got... played 24 Premier League games mm-hmm. at Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. Is two goals good enough for mm-hmm. amazing time? I think you're being harsh on um, Ruben, to be honest. I think he's a good player. Mm-hmm. He just needs a manager that believes in him, mm-hmm. that can give him instructions on how to be a better player. It's kind of like Pep Guardiola's done with Sterling. Obviously, Sterling was already a great player and he's even better than he is now. But with Ruben Loftus-Cheek, if he has the right guidance by the right manager, he can start, like you said, you know, his goal return at Palace, you said he had Mm. two and 24. But if the right manager Mm. is giving him the right instructions to pop up in certain at certain times yeah, in a game that two can now become eight but but have you seen anything in the past to suggest that because I've seen glimpses of Ruben Loftus-Cheek I know but have you seen a run of yeah this is 
amazing run of form. This is four or five games put together consistently to say, yeah, you're a top young talent. I'm yet to see it. And, and the thing about it, he's one of those players that probably pigeonholed as a master of all, um, a jack of all trades, master mm-hmm. of none. Mm-hmm. Where does he play? Is it central midfield? Is it attacking midfield? Mm-hmm. DM, I've seen, I remember Conte playing him and saying, you know, this boy is a striker. So he needs to form his own identity mm. and, you know, get a run in a team. And do I think he's top four worthy? Um, not yet. I think he'll be better off going maybe to like a Southampton. Where but he's really gone to Palace. Why is I he going to go to Southampton? You know, like? you know mm. the team that I think should be all over him. I think if um, Everton failed to secure Andre Gomez on a on a um, permanent basis, mm-hmm. I think Ruben off the sheet should be all over the move to Everton. Mm-hmm. Because, because the only saving grace for him is that Chelsea have this transfer ban. Because yes. I think if they didn't have it, they'll really reinvest into their midfield again mm-hmm. and then he will go further down the pecking order. But I think this is really working to his game and it gives him the opportunity to show his talent and strut his stuff at the top level at Chelsea. Fair play. It'll be interesting to see, um, certainly come come uh, summer. Now, um, let's move on to uh, Liverpool's thriller at St. James's Park. Yeah. Obviously, um, it, it, it had many subplots to it. So obviously, Rafa, his old club, um, the importance of, of, of three points there uh, for Liverpool and, and so many other little uh, subplots and stories there. And, and, and obviously Liverpool managed to pull it out of the bag. Um, Divock Origi coming on um, and, and, and uh, scoring in the 86th minute to, to, to win the game for, for Liverpool. Um, a, very important, a very important win, given the fact that, um, you know, how close we are to the end of the season. And it is, uh, you know, uh, a case of over to you, City. Now we're obviously going to preview their their game against uh, Leicester in a little while. Um, but I just wanted to hear your thoughts on on, on on the game, guys. Did you did did you did you catch it? What are your thoughts? First of um, all, um, Burnley received a lot of stick for the way they played against um, <laughs> for the way they played against Man City last week. I think Newcastle deserved the same sort of um, energy in, yeah, in that sense because yeah, yeah. Newcastle were really dying on the oh, line oh, for oh, Liverpool yeah. that yeah. game. The, it was it was it was just crazy. Rocking. It was rocking. I mean, you, you got a question whether the um, Man City owners, the Abu Dhabi group. They've been given the old brown envelope <laughs> to Mike Ashley because we, we all know that Mike Ashley loves a pound note. And um, yeah, they put in a heroic and a monumental effort. I mean, they were playing as if they needed a point to survive. I mean, they were running after balls, getting it for goal kicks. They were really kicking Salah yeah. anyhow. Oh, yeah. it, was, it was just <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Richie was just yeah. moving just, crazy. There's something romantic about these Newcastle and Liverpool matchups that mm. we remember. You know the old days of Collymore closing in. These two teams, yeah, always seem to mesh up and perform. You know some some top games and. I think there's such a respect between both clubs. Yeah, I think they see themselves as similar. Mm. They're both, yeah, they're both very traditional yeah, clubs. Yeah, Parliament supports and it was a it was a good goal or a good game. And obviously Virgil van Dijk got the scoring started with that powerful, powerful header. <laughs> How it was unopposed in the box, yeah, I'll never know. Because and I think that's what that goal was actually their downfall because that goal was so easy. The players probably thought, oh yeah, this is going to be another walk in the park. Mm-hmm. Before you know it, they just found themselves <laughs> in the door. Yeah, yeah, and there was missed chances. Yeah. Then, obviously, the debatable and controversial incident with Trent Alexander-Arnold. Should he have been off? You know, the rules say that he should have been given a yellow card because mm-hmm. the ball went inside the goal. 
but Newcastle were raving and ranting at the fourth official saying, nope, we wanted a red card and a penalty, mm. which wasn't given. I remember, Rondon mm. was really incandescent at the time. Yeah, yeah, and to be honest, the second Liverpool goal, big praise to um, Daniel Sturridge. I mean, the creativity, you know, how he extricated himself from a tight mm. position. Many a time you see players just kick it off the player, let me take a throw in. Mm-hmm. But he cleverly... Tunj, I swear you've done something similar to that today. <laughs> Literally, now that you mention it, I've done exactly the same thing that you started done today. Back kill through the legs. Well, how did that end up, Tunj? It ended up with Nino um, slapping it into the top of the net. <laughs> same result, and it was such a cute and sumptuous finish. Mm-hmm. It was a Midas touch from Mo Salah mm-hmm. to just guide it into the bottom corner. Then Liverpool had chances. Mane could have made it 3-1. He didn't. Yeah. Then again, the St. James's Park, you know, such a vociferous atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, they got their equaliser for a set piece. Rondon, Alisson, no chance. Mm-hmm. Then there was that moment where all opposition fans... Well, one, one quick thing, from- sir. One quick thing. Rondon, he's currently still on loan at Newcastle. Yeah. yeah I- he, he wasn't playing like he wanted a contract at Newcastle. He was playing like he wanted a contract at one of the top four clubs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because Rondon was all over us even Van Dyke was having problems with him I think there's a there's a big elephant in the room that everyone's failed to address today I mean Dejan Lovren (laughs) (laughs) I I do not want to see him again in a Liverpool shirt I mean Rondon pammed him all game and he's an easy target mm, Lovren Carragher was saying it in commentary these are the kind of guys that Lovren it shows that he's not good enough because you don't engage every time you're getting pammed four out of five times like try something different but Lovren his ego and one of the best defenders yeah, in the world he's yeah. going to keep going in for mm. it and keep losing battles and he was nearly our downfall yesterday mm, and Klopp like took to him see, off I would like to have seen Klopp take him off early because we could see that if Newcastle were going to get any joy it was definitely going to come through Lovren um, thankfully it wasn't terminal I mean around the 80th minute all opposition fans, you know, of United, Arsenal, they all say, oh, Liverpool are going to yeah, bottle it Yeah, coming out of the woodworks yeah. in our group chat. You know, they were all coming out saying, yeah, Liverpool's Jojo has run out. All of <laughs> 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 injury, all coming at the same yeah, time. Two, two I mean, of the front three are yeah. off, so who's going to perform your magic? But again, mm-hmm. I think we do a disservice to this Liverpool team. Time and time again, they come out, they fight to the end and they get these late goals. And this is not by accident. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to give credit to Klopp, the playing staff, the coaching staff, mm-hmm. because this is an unbelievable effort we're seeing. And I mean, I was saying it to Tunj and Dej off air. For Mo Salah to play 37 Premier League games this season is a testament to what these players are putting in, in training. And this is an unbelievable achievement. And finally, before I finish, what I want to say about the Salah agenda out there. We all know there's an agenda out there. <laughs> if he ends up the Golden Boot winner again... He's in the lead at the moment. Yeah, 22 I think goals, a I lot think of people is. need to look at themselves in the mirror. <laughs> because apparently, this is a poor Mo Salah season. So what does that say about everyone else then? That's what I'm saying. What does that say about everyone else honest, if he's still top? I want to talk about the third goal as well. Two players, Shendon Shakiri or Sheldon Shakiri and Divock Origi. I mean, those are two people that have been on the periphery recently. I said Shikari's been in prison. He's been in prison. And another person <laughs> I want to bring up is the guy that got the scoring started at St. James in Park, Virgil van Dijk. He took it upon himself to say, no, Trent, you leave it. Shakiri, you're going to whip this in. And that's just leadership because that's a risk. If that mm. went wrong, Klopp could say to him, oh, why, why are you I'm trying to control? No, it no, what would have happened is 
Trent, like, why didn't you take that free kick? Yes. And then Trent is like, oh, Virgil told me not yes. to take so it. And then it opens sure. up a can of worms. So basically, Van Dijk essentially contributed to Liverpool winning that game. And, you know, Liverpool suffered an, an ordeal midweek against, you know, Barcelona. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for them to show a reaction and just show... It took yeah. mental reserves. To go to the new camp going to the new, and then a come back to St. James's Park Arguably the toughest and feet. Yeah. most It's one of the worst grounds that you want to come to, especially yeah. after a... And to win it late as well. Normally, those sort of games set into the legs around the 70th minute and you start seeing a drop-off. Mm. It wasn't a typical Liverpool performance. Liverpool were ragged. They were, you know, their formation was all over the place. They didn't keep the shape that we, normally we've seen them over the course of the season, but we're at the business end of the season. And I think most fans can't begrudge the fact that Liverpool would take this down to the final day. And I think they deserve it to take it down mm-hmm. to the final day because what they've done has been phenomenal. So I also just want to touch on Liverpool's fullbacks. They oh. have had an absolutely amazing. I don't think that's been done before. Both fullbacks no, getting no. double digits yeah, in a great season. Point, yeah. Great point. Yeah, I think they're on eleven apiece at the moment. Yes. So they've basically taken this fullback game to a whole yeah, new level like now. Trent and Robertson, they're like number Robertson. tens from wide. Literally yeah. eleven assists like, each. If yeah, I'm correct, yeah, 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 correct. Is, yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable. Trent got two yesterday, and it's got to the point where, as a Liverpool fan, I laugh. Because their mm. delivery is always on the money, so it makes me laugh. Mm. Because we've never seen such quality before mm. in the league, yeah. and these players—they're relentless. I mean, Robertson is up and down. Oh, he must be a nightmare to play against. And then we yeah. had, you know, Paul Merson come out and say Luke Shaw is the best left back in the Premier League. <laughs> I mean, are these pundits taking their job serious? Honestly, come on. Like, I don't know what these pundits are. What are they looking it's at? Lovable. Literally, fair play. So let's let's preview. Um, we uh, shall not be moved. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get that in there. Let's let's preview uh, City's game against Leicester. Now, obviously, um, both both teams are coming off um, uh, wins last week. Um, Leicester will obviously be buoyed by their uh, their, their their win against Arsenal. Uh, Jamie Vardy getting on the score sheet. Um, you know, and 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 you know, as we uh, sort of mentioned, I think it was last episode or episode before that. Um, you know, this this Leicester side looked like a rejuvenated side um, under Brendan Rodgers, and um, you know, it, it, I, I think it might have been you, um, uh, Dot, that was speaking about um, Brendan Brendan Rodgers and and how he views himself. So he believes he's he's amongst. The elite managers in 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 the Premier League and and Basically, oh, I want know. the big occasions mm. to you know showcase his ability. Look at every spotlight in in this room. He wants that <laughs> shining on him. <laughs> exactly that. So I mean, you know, whilst we can easily say on paper this is going to be a routine win for for City, we have those little caveats like like you know uh, um, you know Brendan uh, Brendan Rodgers wanting to really have that kind of platform and. And, and, and the form that Le- Leicester are finding themselves in currently. So, it isn't as straightforward as it may appear to be on paper. Yeah. That being said, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you guys all have your beliefs about how the game will transpire mm. and what's going to happen. So, ahead of that game tomorrow, I just wanted to get your thoughts uh, and what you guys feel that the game, yeah. how the, the game the game's going to be. It's going to be an interesting game to see how it mm. culminates. Um Leicester tend to have a good record against Man City. Mm-hmm. I think out of their previous seven, they've won three and they've drawn one. 
Jamie Vardy, he's got his eyes on the prize. He wants the golden boot. Mm. He's on 18. Mm-hmm. He's four behind Mo Salah. He's going to fancy his chances. Mm-hmm. I mean, his wife came out yesterday on Twitter. Rebecca Vardy saying yeah. that, yeah, <laughs> come on Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And Brendan has come out and saying he's not going to be doing any any favours to City. They're going to go out there. They're going to attack. And I said to Dej, when Brendan got appointed, I feel smug right now. Because I seem to get a lot of things right. I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I said it. When Brendan was appointed, this is the mm-hmm. best manager Leicester can get at the time. Mm-hmm. And with Brendan, people might not rate him. People may not yeah. like him. People may think he's smug. But you know that he's going to come into your team and implement a philosophy. Implement a playing style. Press from the front. Play the high line. And ultimately play very good football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which they did against um, Arsenal. and. Yeah. As I said before, Brendan Rodgers is the ultimate showman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tomorrow's going to be all about him. He's going to be thinking, you know what? I may not have been able to win the Liverpool with um, the title with Liverpool, but I could win it for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And he would always, you know, gain pride in the fact that Brendan Rodgers was the man to cripple Manchester City. <laughs> that's You're giving that person. sort of media yeah, time that yeah, he needs. Of course, yeah, of that, that's the and sort of person he is. And to be honest, the more I think about the game, I, I think City will win. But there are cases for Leicester to get a result. I know we might be clutching at straws here, but mm. Leicester have that setup, that fast counter attack, that pacey counter attack. And, mm. and Monday and night, Vardy's, Vardy's scored. Goals against the top team. Yeah, Vardy's on. He's on. He's on top form right now. He's on top form right now. Second. I think it's going to be a tough game. Uh, Man City Mm -hmm. should win the game at home and at the Etihad. They're pretty much indestructible at home. I just think Leicester have the tools to damage them on the break or on the counter, should I say? Mm -hmm. Whereas, for example, the Burnley game, they didn't really offer any sort of attacking threat. Mm -hmm. But with you know. Tielemans and Vardy and mm-hmm. all these top players yeah. maybe Chowdhury I don't know if he's going to get a game after all of those <laughs> <laughs> we don't know Chowdhury's going to get a game yeah. after all of those allegations came out but um, yeah, yeah he's game. been charged yeah we don't and, know if... and, and to be fair Monday nights I remember the Liverpool have caved in mm, you know the when they were free not these down. events yeah. have the possibility to churn up you know mad results and mm. it'll be interesting to see if you know City went a goal down That'll be something the title race needs yeah. because it's been mm. boring. Yeah. I mean, none of these teams have dropped points for over two months. Le- Leicester will definitely be pumped for this game because they know that the whole world will be watching this, yes. this game. It, it, so. It's one of those games that it's going to be we attack, you attack. and But you don't want to play that yeah, game with Man City. Nine out of ten times, Man City are going to beat you. Yeah. Or ten out of ten times, they're going to beat so you. So you need to have but some sort of structure to of this Of course, they will game. probably sit in the medium block. I don't think they will implement the low block. They'll go in the medium block and they will pick their opportunities to spring on the counter-attack. The only thing but is... But what I would say is that Man City, what they've done in the past six or seven weeks, they haven't allowed games to get messy. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, they go one new up and they just kill the game. Like, the other team can't even attack. I think mm-hmm. in the last two or three games, they've conceded three shots. I mean, that, that's staggering statistics. Yeah. And But do this Leicester side yeah, have the they, possibility they to get them the into a fight? Aren't, but they the only too hope, nice? Aren't they too nice though? Like? No, I think they've got aggression on the break I mean Pereira he's aggressive he flies forward Ben Chilwell he's like a cologne of Robertson mm. he gets up and down the mm. pitch he delivers brilliant crosses and I feel that they've got the tools to hurt Man City what they need to do is be clinical because they will have openings and I'm not talking about one-on-ones I'm talking about when you're in on goal you need to take the correct touch mm. it's 
remember, play the right was, pass, yeah, play yeah, the right yeah. through. There ball. was an opportunity you that ball to the right man. I remember Chris Wood, he was in, but his oh, touch was back. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Edison rushed yeah. out and took yeah. the ball. Yeah. But again, whatever happens tomorrow, fair play to Man City because they've been amazing. Mm. And I keep saying it, this is the best team I've seen in Premier League history. I don't know what you guys think, yeah. but I just feel that Pep Guardiola has taken the game in English football to another mm. level. Yeah, I, I totally agree. To get 100 points in a season and potentially 98 the next season is mm. staggering, mm. Yeah. staggering numbers. So we do have to absolutely give praise to Pep Guardiola for the level that he's brought to this Premier League and if he does end up winning it credit to him and we can call him probably the greatest manager to do it in this league mm, based on so? mm, obviously you've got Sir Alex Ferguson mm. but in terms of what he's accumulated in the last two seasons yeah. I don't think anyone yeah, yeah I don't think yeah. anyone yeah. will ever mirror getting 198 points okay. in two seasons you were saying it off air man Achilles to, to Pep because we were thinking about how do Liverpool go again next season mm. can Liverpool get 90 the hardest part is season. to go again next season Liverpool mm. can end up with 70 points next season mm. do you understand so yeah, for Pep yeah. to get 100 last season and, and potentially 98 that is the actually the hardest thing yeah. to do so yeah. how do let's say you know Man City win the title how do Liverpool respond do they go again and get another 90 points next season or do they fall off so mm. and, and just finally before we move on just we were in the car today um, I was with Tunj and Dej and I was like if Man City win the league, they've won 32 games out of, out of 38. And I mean, that's staggering. Mm. And you start to think about it and think, hold on, is this a computer game where when they lose, they're restarting <laughs> and, and, and they play again until they win? <laughs> to, to win 32 games out of 38 is, come on, this has never been seen mm. before. Wait, they've and they've won, done the same last season. They've won every game since they lost to Newcastle, right? Yes. It's like so 12 in a row at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if they win the league, it has to be 14 yeah. in a row. Let's give them their accolades. They deserve yeah. it all. Everybody say, yeah. <laughs> Fair play, man. Now, I think you guys alluded to something. You touched on it briefly, but I wanted to go back to it. And that was on the topic, whilst we're, on, uh, we're discussing Leicester, on the topic of Hamza Chowdhury. So, you know, it, it, it came out that the FA were, were charging him for comments that he made on social media um, back in twenty. 13 or 2014 yeah when like he was not, 14, he, he was like 14, 14 or 15, or 15. so yeah. as soon as i saw this um it, it reminded me about what we had spoken about in in a previous episode when we were discussing wayne hennessy and um the um the the the, the, the gesture that he made in a in a, in a in a um in a picture and the fact that he was basically acquitted from the FA, the, the FA uh, said that they weren't going to take any further action because he showed a lamentable degree of, of, of ignorance to to um, to Hitler and uh, um, um, and the sort of the Nazi regime. Mm. And as soon as I saw that the fact that it, as soon as I saw they were going to charge uh, Chowdhury, it, it made me think: right well, how, how mm. on earth could you allow Wayne Hennessy to go free, a thirty-two-year-old man, yet still you're charging? A guy who's 21 now, but was 15 or 16 or whatever mm. when he committed the offence. Like, mm. where is where? Surely that's double standards. You Again, know, right? but this do, is the do you FA. Expect anything from anything better from the FA? I see them as mm. a circus. Mm. They've made the rod for their own back. I mean, mm. to not charge Hennessy and to charge the young boy, I think it's it's a disgrace. Mm. As far as I'm concerned, you got to show the same energy. Yeah, um, they're trying to make an example out of him. Why didn't they do the same to Hennessy? Exactly. I mean, that could be his case. He could say, look, I've made a mistake. I was a kid. I was a boy. 
I'm a different person now. I've mm-hmm. changed. I've got different views on the world, and that's fair enough. Mm-hmm. But it's um, I think with the that's FA, with they're the not, F- there's too many great areas yeah. with the FA, and there's they're not, not they're the not right people. They're not the right people. I mean, they're full of a lot of suits. <laughs> a lot of people are out of touch with the game. I mean, you need to get more yeah. football people into yeah. these institutions. Yeah. Yeah. I think they need to be massive changes and massive overhauls. In what the it is, is that the footballing people are at the bottom of the pyramid. Mm. And then the suits are at the top of the... The people at the apex are the suits, as they said. Mm. And they don't know football. Mm. They just make decisions on... Mm. You know, basically, they're just guessing. It. It's basically yeah, a chess game. It's literally yeah. lucky fit. <laughs> they, the FA are actually just, clueless. Yeah, they're like, just, they're they clueless. They look at each, you know, incident individually and they just guess, mm. literally, and they come to a verdict. I mean... I was talking about it at work. It's, it's embarrassing, but I don't expect anything more from the FA. So when I saw it, I was like, okay, FA, they're, they're just doing what they do. Guess it. They're very inconsistent with mm-hmm. what they actually do. There's no structure. Mm-hmm. There's no know-how. I don't think anyone knows what they're actually doing yeah. at the top yeah. of that ladder. So that ladder needs some serious restructuring <laughs> yeah. so we can get some footballing people at the head making correct to, decisions. They need to turn the ladder upside down because yeah. it's terrible. I think, yeah, and, and, and there needs to be, a, like, surely they can provide some sort of um, clarity and, like, you know, when they make their decisions or whatever, they need to explain That's how the thing, they Roger. arrived at that point. Anytime you, know? you get statements from the FA, there's no granularity, yeah, there's always, always grey areas, yeah. you're always thinking... No transparency at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's, it's, it's shocking. Mm. Not held accountable whatsoever, which is, which is very disappointing. We need to really get a restructure on what the FA are doing mm. because... With the way things are going, I don't see anything getting any better, and it just looks like things will continue to rear its ugly head. Yeah. But you know, another thing when I when I think about this topic is, I think to myself, so now he, like this player Chowdhury, right? He's 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 being integrated more into the first team. He's playing games and whatnot, and all of a sudden something like this happens. So the the thought that I have is like, so is there are there people that literally dig for stories to tell on, oh, on these I think, I think it takes the, how, how could what would what would have made you think to go back and look at all of, the, said, all of the people tweets of him in in, in that's sick, social media people are sick and twisted I, just I, put, I remember media. Andre Gray I remember maybe he got down for this. Ago, mm. like he scored maybe was it a brace or a goal against Liverpool then I think a few weeks or days days oh, later people un- uh, un- uncovered some tweets that he said maybe six, seven years ago and he ended up getting banned for like three, four, four games. And Butch, I think sh- it's sad and you must have a Butch, low life. And, and, on, man. and the shocking thing is, I said that it's always after their stand-up performance of a season. Yeah. I mean, Chowdhury put in a man of the match <laughs> performance against Arsenal yeah. and the next day he's in a media storm. Yeah. I mean, let the guy rest. Yeah, yeah, let him yeah. enjoy his career. This is a young lad. Why are you trying to break him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's upsetting. Upsetting times. Um, now, obviously, um, moving on uh, uh, now and, lo- and looking at um, Cardiff in particular. So now it's mathematically uh, um, decided that Cardiff are going down. Of course, we've been speaking about it in in in, in recent weeks and saying that you know that they it it, it was likely to be Cardiff that were going to um, join the other teams that were relegated. Now it's official. Um, after they lost um, 3-2 to, to, to Palace uh, on Saturday evening. Um, but what I want to talk about and who I want to talk about in particular is Neil Warnock. So, of course, they've been relegated. Neil Warnock is 70 years um, old now. 
Um, he's had a, a, a long, a long career of, uh, um, you know, heart in mouth moments, um, difficult uh, uh, occasions that he's had to bring his, his his teams through. Does it seem like now would be the the, the opportune time for him to call it a day? And mm. I can't say hang up his boots because he wasn't playing, but you know maybe hang up the the the, the board and and the magnets and <laughs> the, the suit and, and tie, the suit and tie, and the iPad. With and the iPad is, 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 is the time with, now. With, I don't know if his his frail heart can can. can with Neil Warnock. It's, like, it's 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 a tricky one. Um, no disrespect to Neil Warnock. Um, Neil Warnock. I think he's a he's a good manager at doing what he does, which is mainly getting teams in the Championship into the Premier League. Mm-hmm. That's what Warn- um, Neil Warnock is known for. Um, but I think the Premier League is his plateau, and <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, he, he, it is his plateau. And when he gets there, he, he's always found one team. Yeah, he came out and said, "I don't like the Premier League. I don't enjoy it. I don't have fun here." It's because he can't handle it. That's why. No, I think he I think sees the, the Premier flash. League as like a glossy, finished, um, airbrushed product. He like, he likes when you it. get to the Championship, yeah, 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 yeah. it's yeah. more gritty, fighting. Robust, yeah. yeah, and that's what he likes. And as you said, when he gets to the Premier League, he hits. I his think. Plateau. I think Neil Warnock has two two options. He can, <laughs> he can actually get Cardiff back mm. into the Premier League. And then say, guys, I've done what I need to do. You know, this is my plateau. I'm going to accept this plateau. Get a new manager to keep you in this league. Or you can call it a day now. Those are his two options. I think just just, just to end up in Cardiff, I saw Neil Warnock at the end of the game. He looked vacant in his eyes. He looked tired. He looked like he had enough. But what I would say, the one thing that I think Cardiff will look back on and say we should have done better on is the set pieces. I mean, in the championship last season, they were ranked number one for goals scored from set pieces. They were ranked second for goals conceded in set pieces. But this season, they were ranked 19th for goals conceded from set pieces Mm -hmm. and ranked 17th for goals scored from set pieces. And ultimately, that shift may have cost them their position in the Premier League. Fair point, fair point. Um... Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see um, what decision he, he, he decides to go with. And in, in any case, he has uh, been a great manager um, and, and a servant to the club that he's um, taken the helm at. Um, it, of course, will be quite uh, sad and disappointing to see him bow out of the game if he does decide to retire come the end of the season. Um, but, but you know, uh, um, you know, all the best to him and, 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 and the decision that he, he decides to make in the end. Um, now, last week we were speaking about um, Ronaldo reaching the uh, the 600 goal um, mark. Um, I'm just pipping uh, Messi to the post, and I think Messi must have listened to that podcast <laughs> because should co sign it next time. Honestly, because because um, you know he he obviously turned up in that game um, uh, against Liverpool in, in in the Champions League over at uh, the, the the New Camp. And what a way to score your 600th um, club career goal. The free kick, the sumptuous free kick, which, I mean, everyone just had to stand in awe of and just clap and say, you know what, you've got to bow to 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 arguably the greatest player that we've we've ever laid our eyes upon. Um, So, I I mean, yeah, I I guess it's also a a bit of a segue into um, the the Champions League uh, results and, 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 and the ties and where they are at the moment. Obviously, we've been speaking about so many 
uh, English clubs reaching the, the latter stages of the competition and, 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 and what it means for English football. Um, but both currently, both, both uh, English teams in uh, Liverpool and Spurs are, um, are trailing. Mm. Um, and I guess I wanted to ask your thoughts on, on, on both of those ties yeah. and whether or not those English clubs can turn those ties around. So maybe we can start off with, with uh, Liverpool, Barca and then speak about... Yeah. For, um, for, for me, that game, ruthless versus toothless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Barcelona, they had their chances, took them. Yeah. Liverpool had three key chances. Sadio Mane, James Milner, yeah. Salah hits the post. Mm-hmm. You have to be taking two of those chances. Mm-hmm. And for me, the hardest one was probably Sadio Mane's. Mm-hmm. It was a game where Liverpool were comfortable, but Barcelona were comfortable as well. Barcelona were comfortable with saying, you know what, you keep the ball. Mm-hmm. We're just going to keep in a nice shape. And it was like they, they were saying, you know what, Liverpool, have you finished playing now? Okay, mm-hmm. we're going to turn on the screw and put you to the sword. And it was just moments that decided that game. I mean, Van Dijk, you know, people were saying that he was sleeping when Suarez, because he could see the number nine shirt in front of him. Suarez just done a little movement, lifted it over Alisson. And yeah, Liverpool played well. But again, when you're... Dot told us an interesting stat about players having four minutes in a game. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Salah's general play in the game, it was probably better than Messi's, but Messi's a killer. The yeah. free kick, yeah. the goal, the, the contributions that he made to that game. And mm-hmm. that was kind of the difference. So the only thing that gives Liverpool hope is Anfield. That's the only thing that mm-hmm. I can... And obviously they've got good players. But another issue is Bobby Firmino. He looks a doubt. And he's, we saw, out, he's out. He's out. Absolutely won't play. And we saw and Jean. What about uh, uh, Salah? Because that's the thing we have to wait on. You know the yeah. remnants mm. of concussion. I don't think Salah will play on Tuesday. And, and we saw Jean. hours to start emanating. We saw Genie when now them in that false nine position. Boy, he worked hard, but it was a it was a fish out of water. That's yeah. not his position, yeah. mm-hmm. and he did work hard. But another issue that arose in the game was Naby Keita. I think once he came off. Liverpool, it affected them because he's the type of player, brave on the ball, mm. creative, dribbles. Mm. And when you bring on Henderson, it's just going to tur- turn into a, you know, a, a running match, running contest. So the tie, Dembele had the opportunity to put that tie to bed. 4-0 is good night, Vienna. Mm-hmm. But as it is now 3-0, like Barcelona have, are sort of teasing Liverpool. Yeah, and, yeah. But if they score one goal, that's it. And Tunj also made a very interesting point in the car. He was saying, you know what? If Man City and Leicester, you know, draw, <laughs> what did Liverpool do midweek? Probably rest all of the players because <laughs> you got to make a judgment call of and course, say, yeah, we've got a more mean. realistic yeah. chance. So it's interesting, but I would say Barcelona, it's like a 90% to 10% chance in Barcelona's favour because I can see them scoring mm. at Anfield and that will basically yeah. put the tie to bed. I was saying, like but, they said um, in the car, said... Um, if Leicester take any sort of points off of Man City, then Klopp will play a second string against Barcelona. Reason being, if you ask Liverpool fans, what do they want? Champions League or the Premier League? All of them are going to pick the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So, you'd have to sacrifice giving everything yeah. you've got to come back yeah. against Barcelona to make sure that you're 100% ready to beat Wolves because Wolves are not going to be easy yeah, um, yeah, at exactly. home. Just finally, before we move on... Um, I just want to say, I think two points on the game. I think, first of all, going to the camp news, the ultimate acid test in Europe. 
um, what I saw from that game was what I expected from that game. And the thing is about Barcelona, when you go to the Camp Nou, you think, you know what, we're going to concede a minimum of two. But you have to score. Yeah. So where Liverpool were found wanting is that they didn't get that goal. But just a touch on Messi's greatness, I mean, I don't think we've mentioned it. I think that free kick was unbelievable yeah, perfect at the time i was crestfallen then when i rewatched it i stood up and i applauded him because yeah. this is a genius <laughs> that we're watching work, yes. and, and and sorry Tons, just before you you, t- you finish up um just finally i think Klopp made a big mistake but at the time i didn't see it i was like gomez that's a great decision but that's i didn't exactly know exactly what was, i was going to touch on i don't know Klopp was going to go so attacking at the camp new so why are you not playing your, your chief creator like it's got to the point where Trent Arnold and Robbo are Liverpool's chief creators. Put your tools on the pitch. If you're going to, to Barcelona to score goals, both of those players need to be on the pitch. At the end of the day, I saw passes that Trent would have made that unfortunately Gomez didn't, and that could have had us in better mm. scoring positions. Mm. So I do think Klopp he's teased with it a bit. Is he going there to attack or like is he, oxymoron. you know, he's, he sent us mixed signals mm. because you've got Gomez on, yeah, but you're still attacking. Mm. So you're better off having Trent on if you're going to attack Barcelona. And I do think, and we've seen this before when um, we believe Trent should have played against United earlier in the season and we ended up having a uh, stalemate. But in this same situation, we ended up not scoring a goal. And then what does Trent come and do the next game? Two assists. So yeah, like, it just makes you think, yeah, it's you know. like an oxymoron from Klopp, but... Mm. we'll see it's going to be interesting in midweek to see how the game is going to culminate at the end exactly that man so now moving across to um, to, to Tottenham um, really really quickly obviously they they um, uh, are, are on the, the, the end of a, a very narrow um, uh, first tie loss to, to Ajax um, and return to, 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 to Ajax's ground uh, this week now um, I, I guess the, the, one of the key points was the fact that um, Tottenham didn't really seem to have much going forward for them uh, mm. in that first leg. But in the return leg, I believe Son should be should, should, yeah. should, should be back. He'll mm-hmm. be fit. Um, now, really quickly, in, in in your opinion, guys, do you feel that um, with the, the the tie so delicately poised, that Tottenham still have a chance to yeah. uh, come back and and, and win? Yeah, they, they definitely have a good chance. They have more of a chance than Liverpool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what I would say, say mm, I think what I would say is that Eric Ten Hag, he should be getting scouted through a lot of the top clubs in Europe. Mm-hmm. Anyone that's not really happy um, with their manager, he should be on their radar because people are saying that this kind of football is entrenched in Ajax's DNA, but he's still the manager to implement it. Yeah. It doesn't mean because you have it in your DNA that it's implemented. We know Man United have it in their DNA, but mm-hmm. they can't put it on the pitch right now. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, I said it during the game that that Van der Beek, I think Arsenal should be looking at him. I think he's the perfect replacement 100%. for Aaron Ramsey. Yeah. The way yeah. he breaks into the box. Yeah. And when I see him and when I watch him, I see a composure that I don't see in many young players. Mm-hmm. I mean, the game the game was a weird game because Ajax started off like a house on fire. Yeah. And Tottenham were rather fortunate not to be around 2 or 3-0 down. I think Ajax had a few baggy touches yeah, in the yeah, final yeah. third and they spurred a few opportunities. But I think the, the second leg I only see one winner and I see Ajax winning again unfortunately sure? to Tottenham because I think the buffers have, have fallen off sure? most of Ajax's best performances have actually been away from yes, home they're so better away that's, than at that's home yeah, so how are they that gives Tottenham a chance it, of course, how, how are they going to handle that pressure 
It's all right. I don't. I think it's this all is right. That's not playing with pressure. It's all right going to you know Juventus home ground and going to the Bernabeu when the pressure is on the opposition. But being at home with the opportunity to get through to the final in Madrid, how is that pressure going to hang on your shoulder? But the one thing that is in their favour is. Tottenham seem to be on their last legs. <laughs> They're running out of energy. Yeah. They haven't got the playing squad. So how are they going to react to playing with, you know, nine men for the majority and, of the game? And, and they seem to be in a bit of a rut at the moment. And they've lost like mm, a few of their last yeah, games. So I think they've lost six away games in a row. Mm. But I was watching Sunday Supplement today and Jason Burt made a good point. And he was saying this is the difference between Liverpool, Man City and the rest of the league is that Tottenham... They had to elevate their game so much mm. to beat Man City over two legs and it's the wheels are falling off now mm. because physically they can't come back from that. Mm-hmm. Fair play. It'll be an interesting one. We're all going to be uh, watching those games uh, midweek keenly. Um, so so let's 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 wait and see how it, how it all pans out. I think, I think everyone should just say who they feel will be in the final quickly. Oh, yes. So just let's go really quickly before we wrap I'll, I'll with, start uh, this one off. I week. think it's going to probably be Ajax and Barcelona. Okay, cool. Unless Liverpool decide to do something crazy at Anfield, which I don't think they're going to be able to do. So, I think mm-hmm. Liverpool is going to be heroic failure. Mm-hmm. I think they'll get close, maybe. They'll probably get the win, but I see them ultimately crashing out. Um, it's going to be an Ajax-Barcelona final. Okay. I'm going to go for Barcelona versus Tottenham. I think Tottenham are going to go there and I think they're going to overturn it. I just got a feeling, man. I think Ajax at home, this young side, Son's going to be back. I see them churning out a performance and getting through to the final. We laugh at Harry Kane, but this is his moment. This is where he comes alive and and he's missing. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, I think, yeah, if if Tottenham can score early on, it does make the tie very, very interesting. interesting. So we'll wait and see. Okay, so we've only got a few minutes left. I just want us to wrap up now with our favourite segment of, of all, which is uh, hashtag prospect of the week. So um, who wants to who wants to start things I off? I don't that? mind kicking this one off. Let's go to To be honest, to be honest it's, it's, it's actually been a tricky one for me because I thought maybe it was Son... But then the whole of that Tottenham game was a car crash. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, you would say, oh, it's the players. You can't really blame the manager. But I'm going to blame Pochettino, if I'm being honest. He's my prospect of the week. And I don't know. Some people may think that's harsh. But, you know, you took off um, Ada World for um, Foyt. Mm. And Foyt's only gone on, got himself sent off. <laughs> like, it's like, do you not trust your, your own centre-back? So... Mm. I think on this occasion, and luckily he got away with it because that ultimately could have cost them top four. Mm. But um, obviously Arsenal done themselves a disservice and ended up, you know, not taking full advantage of that. But yeah, I think my uh, prospect of the week has to be Pochettino. Hashtag um, Spurs as well, yeah. For me, this is a tough one because I keep changing, but sometimes my agenda just comes through. And an hour ago, if you asked me, I would have said Dejan Lovren. But luckily, I'm going to brush him to the side. And my prospect of the week is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Serial prospect. <laughs> I mean... Come on, this has to be the worst result of the season. Huddersfield, they give away three points. Even more so than the loss against Everton? Yeah, of course. Okay. I said that 
dropping points against Huddersfield is a sackable offence. I mean, how many times have we come out, Jan Stewart saying, oh, the boys, they've done everything, and they're on the back of a pace. <laughs> 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 Honestly, bro, the last 10 games, they've won one match, and that was against Wolves. For them to get a point against Man United mm. is embarrassing. <laughs> now, you're making wrong yeah. decisions. You're playing players that have no confidence. I mean... If you can't motivate your players to beat Huddersfield, why are you there? Yeah. Fair point. Yeah, my prospect of the week is probably some people might not have seen the incident (laughs) that happened in in Scotland at the Ibrox Stadium. And it's regarding uh, Rangers goalkeeper Alan McGregor. I mean, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but you probably will. I mean, what are you thinking? What went through your mind? I mean, he was taking a kick. He had the ball in his hands. Mm -hmm. He kicked the ball. And there was an attacker near him and he reached his foot out to kick him. Then he grabbed his calf as if to say, oh, I'm injured. Like, you know when you just have that moment of madness. I don't know what caused through his veins. This was crazy. Even Gerard came out and said, I can't legislate for that. I don't know what he's thinking. It's a discipline issue and you guys need to see it. He's definitely the prospect of the week because you're winning a game. The person hasn't antagonized you. He hasn't done nothing to you. And you kick him for what? Like, for me, Alan McGregor, you're my prospect. Honestly, of the, I've always said that I don't know what goes through some footballers. Yeah, yeah. and Gerard said, I don't, I don't know what to do anymore. Like, this is something that I'm baffled. I, I can't find a solution to this ill discipline that continues to rear its ugly head and, and the over thing and about, over again. The thing about this McGregor is probably 35. He's 36. an old pro. He's yeah. a seasoned pro. He's meant to be leading your change room. So how are you meant to go to these young lads like Morello? That's literally the true definition of prospect of the week. And what's funny is that we're starting to see a trend from Dave. It's always the Scottish yeah it was it was terrible you guys need to view the incident i don't know maybe we might post it on our twitter page <laughs> or something like that, that. but that. yeah it was absolutely terrible let's do that yeah man i think that's obviously a perfect opportunity also for us to uh share the uh, twitter handle with you guys uh, again for those of you that don't know it's podcast underscore tbg as always, we're asking for you guys to help us to grow the platform, to encourage people to follow, um, to share, you know, what, what the tweets that we put out. Please help us, man. We, we really do rely and count on your, 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 your ongoing and continued support and help. So please help us to do that. As always, as well, we're going to be releasing a, uh, the, the tweet with a few of our prospects just to uh, get the ball rolling and, and, and give you guys some food for thought. But we'd love for you to also share with us your prospects of the week. Make sure you use our hashtags, hashtag POTW and hashtag uh, uh, TBGpod as well. Um, I think that's about it for... for, yeah, for I just, for, yeah. just want to give a quick shout out to Tunch. I think yeah. he put on the clinic. Well done. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks for having, having me on, on boys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much, Brilliant man. hosting yet again. Appreciate that, man. I appreciate Thanks, that. Thank I, you. I never get praise in here, though. Doc. <laughs> 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 no, Doc, you're done well today. Yeah, Still, yeah, you put yeah, on like yeah. a, a master stroke. <laughs> that's yeah, it. yeah we need to give Budge more accolades as well. Yeah, Dead shout out to you as well. Yeah, man. Great stuff, man. So, guys... Please, thank, well, first and foremost, thank you for listening until this point. Um, but please continue to, to, to share the, the episodes around, man. Let's, we want to you know, reach a, 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 as wide an audience as possible, man. So, so, so please do that. We hope you enjoy the show, the, 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 the episode. And um, we'll be back next week, man. Over and out. Hold up. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 